What is going on everybody? Pope here. Just here to give you a quick disclaimer. Um, we have one that we recorded originally, but I actually I am mobile right now, so I don't have access to the other file. So uh, in this episode of Macabre Masters, you can expect to hear different themes that some might find disturbing, such as horror, murder, death, sexual assault. They're all mentioned in here. So just make sure to protect yourself. And if those are things that are triggering or that are problematic for you, this might not be the podcast for you. And there's no judgment for that. We love you. We think you're awesome. And we hope that you have an amazing, amazing day. And tomorrow, as of this recording, Mother's Day. Enjoy the podcast. Outstanding. All right, so um, today we are gathered here to answer the eternal question that people have been asking, um, and that is, uh, what is a juggalo? And I'm happy to inform you that it is, in fact, a fucking lunatic, somebody with a rope tied around their dick, and then they jump out a 10-story window, sound effects for somebody falling. Oh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Macabre Masters. It is late as nuts, as always when we record, and uh, I, of course, am your loyal, humble servant, Pope, and I am joined today, as always, by my awesome homies, OG Nick and the Macabre Pimpstress, Elizabeth. How are y'all doing tonight, today, this morning, whenever? (laughs) Doing absolutely fantastic, doing great. I'm here. I'm the tired one right now. Honestly, it's been a busy kind of week. We've had a lot going on. So I'm like kind of halfway to dreamland already. See, that's the thing. That's the thing about Macabre Masters. Like some people consider us exciting, but other people, we put them straight to sleep. It doesn't matter what your mentality is. You should still listen. Um, so point being, um, today we are actually going to talk about the movie Freaky. Um, so, uh, as it stands right now, Freaky is a movie that is on HBO Max, um, and it's, uh, it's a horror movie, but it's a comedy horror. We, after all these, like, like, Midsommar and, like, all these, like, super ultra, the Batman, like, all these super ultra things, we kind of wanted to take a second out to, uh, talk about something a little bit more fun. Uh, so, so you guys want to give kind of an executive description of the movie, uh, the movie Freaky? Uh, sure, I can give, like... I was going to give like the the way I can describe it is it's a play on Friday the 13th, Freaky Friday and even a little bit of child's play. Um it's like uh it's a body swap horror. <laughs> and uh Vince Vaughn is really killing it in the acting. Um Vince Vaughn's in the movie. Spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> um so there's a serial killer on the loose. Um, and he breaks into a house, steals a cursed knife, an Aztecian knife, and he stabs a girl, and there's a curse on it to where if she doesn't die, if the sacrifice isn't complete, uh, they swap bodies and stay that way uh, permanently after 24 hours. Um, That's the short of it. (laughs) A lot of hijinks ensue after that. Someone else can explain that, the fun part. So, well, from there, then you have um, our main character, Millie, who's now um, 
basically got the personality of this deranged serial killer in her teenage girl body. And Vince Vaughn, who now has the soul or personality, uh, spirit, whatever you want to call it, of a teenage girl in his body. And we see just a whole lot of crazy shit after that. It, it, it Honestly, I spent a lot of the movie laughing the first time I saw it because Vince Vaughn killed it so hard pretending to be a teenage girl. Like, I, I honestly don't think he could have done any better. He he uh, definitely, he did wonderful. Um, I think, like, the key to, like, being great at, like, um, acting in a situation like that is, like, just completely buying into it and, like, having no, like, kind of self-consciousness about it. And Vince Vaughn did that. And so the thing is, is when he first came out as the serial killer, um, uh, one thing I realized about Vince Vaughn, and actually, Beth, we've talked about this before, but I think I forgot it. Like, I just, it's something... You don't spend a lot of time thinking about in your daily life, but I didn't never really realize how tall Vince Vaughn was. Right. And so I was like, I was like, oh my God, like he actually kind of has like the frame of like a Jason Voorhees. Absolutely. Or somebody like that. And so, uh, and so he was a very convincing because when the movie starts, um, you know, it's Vince Vaughn because you've seen the cover and all that stuff. But when the movie starts, he's got a mask on that's very reminiscent of something like Jason or Leatherface or something like that. And you're just like, Okay, well that's that's Vince Vaughn, and um, he's uh, but he did it like the whole kind of lumbering walk, and being silent and just being like a super strong arm kind of guy, like yanking people through walls or whatever, like that kind of stuff. Like he did that, and um, one thing that I love that the movie acknowledged was actually the difference in strength, like the fact that somebody with like Vince Vaughn, they could be a, probably a good serial killer just on the basis of the fact they're incredibly strong. And so when he swapped body with swapped bodies with the girl, like one of the first things he noticed was that he didn't have as much strength. Um, he's still pretty crafty about how he took care of it, though. But um, one of the really cool things about the movie, um, I went into it kind of just like, okay, this is going to be kind of a derpy movie or whatever. That's fine. Um, but one thing I really liked is that it like it was it was a gender not excuse me I was gonna, I guess I was going to say gender bender which. I was going to say that's not what it is, but it is what it is. But um, it's actually a genre bender. So um, as you mentioned, it hits a lot of the different horror tropes. And I think it hits basically every single one of them throughout the entire movie. But it also hits movie tropes in general. And so, like, uh, for example, uh, when the serial killer um, takes over the girl, like, she's kind of like a nerdy kind of dork, kind of shy or whatever. And then it goes into bad bitch makeover mo mood because Vince Vaughn, the serial killer, I guess, decided that he didn't want to be a fucking nerdy chick. So he goes in, grabs some of his mom's clothes or whatever. She's got some nice, like, jackets and stuff. And she walks in, and it's just like in, like, you know, those movies, like the Anne Hathaway movies or whatever, when they get the makeover and they the walk transformation. in and roll in slow-mo and shit. Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's something that's used quite often. I mean, even Harry Potter did it with like Emma Watson and stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, it so it had that too. Like it had so many different genres, and it it blended them in together in a great way. But the the absolute most redeeming quality of it was the fact that simply it was um very gory mm -hmm. as well. Like you know, it was uh incredibly i mean that dude ferris bueller's best friend got fucking sawed in half like like holy shit man um that was uh that was gangster so um you guys uh i mean 
you guys like the movie? You thought it was good? Um, Beth, I know you've watched it a few times, but you, yeah. you guys thought it was good? I mean, it's a family favorite over here. Like, it, it's got some inappropriate parts that probably aren't good for children, like under 14 or so. You know, I would not necessarily say that any family should let their kids watch it. But, like, we watch scary movies with our kids all the time. They think they're cool. So we talk about special effects, and they all think it's hilarious so we watch it a lot and i give it probably a seven out of ten right like it's got all of the good qualities of a good horror movie and some great comedy the cast like of millie's friends are amazing like i really really like uh celeste o'connor um her female sidekick friend you know and uh she is in the ghostbusters afterlife movie as well and i think she just is a great actress like who i hope to see in more stuff and then um i was also looking at uh some of the other cast uh her other friend who's totally got the best snarky like attitude ever uh misha oshirovich um and they did a great job a great great job um, just kind of giving that like, okay, what are we going to do? And the constant like freak out kind of on that side where they were like, um, what's going to happen and why am I the one that's got to babysit the serial killer tied up? And then the whole scene like where they portrayed the the whole we're role playing thing to the mom, like they just killed it. <laughs> Absolutely right. killed Isn't that it. A sex thing? Yeah, I died. I died. So I would say it's worth giving a watch if you want like a funny horror movie to chillax to. So, uh, so just so you guys know, like they a lot of the stuff that they did was tropes, and um, they did them very well. But they were tropes, and I think that was intentional. Like I think just kind of leaning into the tropes, um, which is awesome if it's pulled off well. So, uh, the uh, she had a uh, the main character had a gay psychic basically character uh who is incredibly gay and incredibly sassy uh one of the highlights of the movie to be absolutely sure i actually was just thinking about it and he actually kind of came full circle uh the gay guy and the reason is because in the beginning he was saying that uh he was looking forward to homecoming because you know um drunk guys would suddenly realize they're fluid was what he said <laughs> as far as their sexuality and then at the end like when he's trying to take care of the situation and help um old girl get back into her proper body he runs into one of those guys who figures out they're fluid and um he's just like disgusted with him he's just like because he's grown as a character and as a person he's just like completely disgusted by him um and uh i found that interesting and it was real quick because i mean that that guy died like seriously five seconds later mm -hmm. which was awesome the uh yeah i mean he was getting all rapey and stuff he's fucking he's weird but um and then also, I was telling Tatiana about it actually too. One thing that I that I thought was really cool was there's a scene where um, basically the the girl with the serial killer's spirit or whatever consciousness inside of her, she was uh she was led into the back of an area, and so uh, she was led to believe it was going to be one person, and the serial killer was intentionally taking a guy back there to kill him. Right, that's what she was doing. But um, it was more, it was a bunch of guys, and they were like basically, they were, uh, I'm pretty sure the plan was to rape her. And um, so, like, you're like not supposed to root for her because she's the serial killer and all that stuff, but she uh, proceeds to dismantle those guys pretty <laughs> effectively. It takes about 
five, ten seconds for all of them to be dead. I think dismantle was the perfect to the word, guy's... too. <laughs> well, yeah, she used a chainsaw. I mean, that's exactly what she did. Uh, cut off a dude's head. She freaking, she, the, the, the guy who originally let her into mm-hmm. it, she freaking took a chainsaw and just drove it straight into his genital area. <laughs> like, it was raunchy, but at the same time, you're like, this serves you right, you rapist assholes. Like, you know? Um, and so, uh, in that way, and it's kind of funny because by the end of the movie, what happens is, uh, they're restored back to their normal bodies, and then um, so basically the serial killer Vince Vaughn comes in for one last, uh, like hurrah, like one last attempt to like take them out, take this family out or whatever, and it shows that like the girl learned from it. She learned from her time like in the serial killer's body, and she ends up taking his ass out, and uh, he dies, dies at the end. So um, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, there's not really a whole lot of deep psychological analysis to do of it as a comedy. It's like trying to psychologically, you know, analyze, you know, Ace Ventura. (laughs) Um, But which, by the way, is a fabulous movie for any of you who have not seen it. Um, Ace Ventura is fucking wonderful. (laughs) But with that said, um, uh, what did you guys think of? What do you? Okay, so let me ask you this: the scene. Where uh, the guy, the crush that she had to crush on, the guy, uh, Booker? His name yeah, is Booker, yeah. Because they called him Booker the Hooker. Okay, cool. So Booker and Vince Vaughn are in the car together waiting for her old girl to like do what she needs to do. Vince Vaughn, first of all, acted it amazingly. Because yeah. you like instantly, you got it. You understood exactly where this was going. And for, uh, you know, Vince Vaughn's got to be like, what, 50 at yeah. this point? Like, you know. For a fifty-year-old guy to be sitting in the car with a with a teenager and like for it to be completely convincing and you're not grossed out by yeah, what's going on, yeah. What'd you guys think of that scene? Because I was like, they're not gonna go there. They're no. not gonna make Vince Vaughn do this. And <laughs> so to be clear, they didn't fuck, but yeah, no. some stuff did happen. Um, but I'll let y'all talk about. That. Yeah, I was actually I was a pretty pretty alright pretty alright about it. Um, I'm sure I don't know how the actors. I'm sure the actors eighteen otherwise they probably would have not done the scene um i thought it was really really funny and at that point sarah my wife had come in halfway through the movie and she she was dying at that scene um i thought it was really funny and i think i think it shows um i don't think it meant to or maybe it meant to it's supposed to be funny but i thought it was kind of sweet that uh booker like saw through (laughs) you know he like he actually was in love with the Millie who Millie is, because um, he's at, at an earlier point she read out or Vince Vaughn, <laughs> Millie as Vince Vaughn, uh, read out a poem that uh, she wrote, and put it in Booker's locker, and that's how he knew that's how Booker knew that this was Millie and not uh, the butcher I think is what they actually call him, um, so it just kind of like it, it connected on an emotional level and. When it went, the moment when he was like, can I get in the back seat? I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to kiss. <laughs> and it was just so convincing. The acting was really great in that scene. I just, I, yeah, it was really funny, but also really sweet at the same time. I don't know if it was meant to be sweet, but I thought it was pretty sweet. It was incredibly believable. Yeah. Like, you're not even grasping really that it's Vince yeah. Vaughn. You're like, you're like, okay, this, that's, that's, I mean, that's the magic of somebody who's just a, like really great at their craft. Like, mm-hmm. it was 
it's utterly believable. But Elizabeth? So I would actually even go so far as to say that in that scene versus the scene at the end where they're sitting like at the ambulance or mm. whatever and they're acting like Vince Vaughn was more convincing than Millie was. Like in like trying to be all intimate and sensitive and like, you know, actually kind of transparent in this relationship. I thought Vince Vaughn did a more convincing job of liking Booker. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the cool things about this movie, though, is there are so many standout scenes. Like when Vince Vaughn is doing the cheer to convince his friends or her friends that he's Millie, actually. Killed it. Killed it. And at the same time, we get so many great death scenes. So, like, what was your guys' favorite death scene? Mm. Hmm, I got to think about that one. Morally, the rapist scene, uh, like, but yeah. for just like sheer graphic, just value, like, I okay, I look, I gotta give this guy props. This guy in a girl's body, props. It's so confusing to talk about like that. Um, <laughs> Pronouns. Because, uh, she when she when she killed Ferris Bueller's friend when she Ooh. killed Cameron. Oh yeah. She she had the forethought to put on safety glasses. Yeah. I'm just saying, safety first, y'all. Safety first. And so, yeah. uh, but I, I thought it was really cool. I, I, it was practical effects. It wasn't CGI, so um, that was cool. Um, but also the girl in the freezer was pretty cool too. Yeah. Like when we think of like Sub Zero, you know what I mean? I think so. I think thinking back, I don't think that anyone killed was a good person. Like I'm, I'm looking back and I'm like, that girl, Rita or whatever, at the very beginning, she's not very nice. The teacher is an ass. The three rapist boys, um, and then the one who kissed Millie's friend when he's drunk. I don't think anyone died that wasn't an ass. <laughs> like looking back, were there any that I'm missing? I don't know. I'm I yeah. The the teacher is probably my favorite kill though. Splitting him in half on a table saw. <laughs> that, was pretty, so that's, that, was, that was that was a coolest kill. That's probably my favorite too. Um, it, it's up for debate in my house. We kind of took a vote, and it's between the wine bottle at the very very Ooh. beginning of the movie and then the oh, shop yeah, class oh yeah so yeah but i think the wine v- bottle was done really well like it looked really yeah. good when they did that cool. which i thought was cool for such a simple kind of very minimal having to do special effects or anything like that like it came off as like really ow for for context guys what this dude does is he this is when he's still in the vince vaughn's body what he does is he uh, takes a teenager because it like it's seriously like if you can think of it it's in there like as far as a non supernatural horror trope so uh the the younger people that they even comment on it like mm. they even comment on the butcher goes after you know teenagers practicing debauchery <laughs> and so um they uh this this dude was l- shuffling through this dude's house looking for alcohol finds a bunch of wine bottles and what the butcher does man is he takes it and he fucking shoves the the bottle like the the sh- the thin end into this dude's mouth down his throat and then shatters it in his throat and so the glass comes out and it was really good practical mm-hmm. effects like i think what they probably did was build like a model or whatever and just shoved it down and just but um it was uh it was that was actually really clever and gory and like yeah that's got to be a really shitty way to die and i love how <laughs> they opened it up with that too like you're five minutes into the movie yeah. and we already have the first person dead you didn't have to build up the suspense for it to still be good you mm-hmm. know which i thought was awesome well because that's the thing with like if you look at like the movies about the serial killers like 
um, slasher films. I mean, because that's really what a lot of it was pulling really heavily from was from the slasher films. Uh, like, you know, uh, Friday the 13th, hint, sure. hint. Um, and uh, you can't really, you don't really get an emotional connection with really any of the characters in those, um, most of the characters. And the reason is because you know that there's pretty much, the moment they have sex, the moment they drink, the moment they smoke mm-hmm. or something, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're dead. Yep. Yeah. Game Absolutely. over. Uh, this is a morality tale. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, of course, you know, it's there's nothing morally wrong with any of that. Uh, go out there and have fun while you can kids um but it's just uh that's kind of what it is so um yeah i mean but then that's the weird thing too because you see vince vaughn like he's running around he's got this girl in his body he's like super lovable super cool vince vaughn's already a super lovable guy even when he's not acting like a teenage girl so by the end you're actually really attached to the serial killer when they swap back bodies you're just like well he's still pretty fucking awesome so uh, you've seen him, like, you know, in The Girl, and she's pretty cool. She killed really only douchebags, like Nick explained. Um, I do think that was a flaw in the movie, though. Mm. I think that it was, like, um, I think that, like, only killing people that were, like, kind of, like, mean to her or rude to, mean to him or rude to him or whatever else. Uh, I mean, a serial killer is basically of that type, like a slasher, is basically just trying to kill anybody mm. that gets in the situation. So... To only focus on those people, I think, was a little like uh, unre- I I'm agree. I'm gonna say unrealistic about a movie about yeah. people swapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I agree. I can though. see that. But, um, I'd also argue that even though they were they were dirt people, that they probably didn't necessarily deserve to die. Um, mm. even the rapist people, they deserved prison. For a very long time, uh, death by chainsaw. I'm not quite so sure, um, but I'm. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of people who have been in bad situations um, that I won't go into because you know I don't want to talk about stuff I don't know about. But probably would want to kill their assaulters with a chainsaw. So good catharsis there, uh, as far as I can tell. Um, but with that said, um, besides them, so I'm going to exclude them from this because I just that's an area I don't know much about. But what I will say is. The other ones, the girl, Rena, was a bitch. Yeah. Being a bitch does not qualify you for death. Okay? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, it doesn't. Uh, the teacher was an asshole. That does not qualify you to get cut in half by a fucking table saw. Uh, so, yeah, there was definitely... So, I don't know. It's it a little questionable on that. But then again, once again, it's a slasher film. and You know, nobody really deserves it in a slasher film. Sure. I would argue can't to spend say, a lot of time like I was gonna say I would argue to say even more than being a slasher film the biggest trope of all is the final girl trope right like we have this girl that starts out really kind of uh, uh insecure and, and and not very social and, and kind of the nerdy girl and then by the end she's like having balls sucks doesn't it and then just nails him <laughs> right in the balls you know like we see a whole turnaround at that point and i i think that like the final girl movie trope was kind of the biggest overall like uh um following or or theme that it had i i i agree um what's some other good stuff with the final girl on it final girl have you guys seen that movie (laughs) no so good super good um it has uh, uh the guy who played bjorn from the Vikings TV show in it. 
So, and it's like, he's like this total bad guy. It's good. I'm not going to tell you about it so you can go watch it, but it was great. Um, I watched a trope. I watched a play on it. I watched uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods <laughs> where they where they're supposed to have a final girl. Spoilers for that movie, I guess. <laughs> Watch it yourself. Uh, that's another uh, one of those horror comedies where they subvert the expectations of the viewers. Um, that's a I've good s- one. Yeah, that's a good one. And then Dale and Tucker versus Evil. <laughs> it popped into my mind, too. Uh, instead of a final girl, you got uh, two final guys who <laughs> are rednecks. <laughs> uh, that's a good. That's a really good one. <laughs> I would say my favorite like location of the final girl theme is in a, the South Park game, the Fractured Butthole. It's a downloadable that you can get, and it's got the final girl that you can purchase as a package to get like new powers and stuff. And it's like the most powerful badass moves that you can get in the whole game. It's great. I actually played and beat that game and didn't even know about that. No. I got the complete edition and everything. It's so badass. It's my yeah. favorite way to play the game. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know if Wendy has anything to do with it, but I'm going to say that thing where she like fucking calls people on the phone and then like all their phones like explode. It's like phone destroyer. It's like that's a cool attack. Um <laughs> call girl. I love their superhero names in that shit like call girl and uh human kite and stuff. Just like Captain it's like diabetes. so like close to just being completely fucked up. Um <laughs> uh but that's a great game. Oh, you, by the way guys, uh if you never played Fractured Butthole, which is a fabulous game, fully recommend it and the the pre, the game before it, the Stick of Truth. Um it just don't even worry about the game if you don't want to, if you don't like South Park, but definitely go YouTube the song uh Spontaneous Bootay Theme. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Spontaneous Boutte's theme is so fucking sick. It's like booty hoes. I can't confirm hose. that there I'm is not. I'm gonna death with my. There's not a strip club in South Park. I can confirm that that is a falsehood and it's mm. bullshit. Mm. Really? Y'all don't have a strip club? No, no. The closest wow. to a strip club is like the local truck stop. It's kind of funny because uh, it's kind of like, okay, uh, I'm going to point out an inaccuracy in the series about like where people like uh, get abducted by aliens and freaking, uh, you know what I mean? Like they uh, like make each other eat their parents and like all that other stuff. But the, the thing that's really like sticks out is there is no strip club. Okay. Everything else is accurate. <laughs> People come back to life. Dude's a total homie with Cthulhu, but no strip clubs. So there's definitely some kooky people out <laughs> just, here who would definitely claim Cthulhu. I'm not gonna lie. I, I just want I just want to meet Randy Mars. That's, that's all I want. That's all I want. <laughs> so you know what you need, China. You need integrity. <laughs> Jason and I joke Jesus all the time man. that he's Randy and like my oldest son is Stan because he's at that like everything is shit phase in his life, right? So uh, we joke all the time that he is our Stan. Integrity <laughs> Farms, Integrity Farms. So yeah, um, so guys, we uh, plan for this to be a shorter episode because it's just you know, I mean, you know, it's a comedy movie. Go watch it; it's really great. Um. But I guess, uh, I guess my, I guess, so I think I already know yours, Elizabeth, but, um, 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I, the last thing I want to ask is, so we all agree that Vince Vaughn just crushed it. He, he killed the game. He just destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And um, But what was your favorite scene? And this is kind of the last thing. What was your your favorite scene where Vince Vaughn, um, you know, was, was <laughs> you know, being a girl for a little while? Um, so, yeah, which, which one was it? Because he was just amazing I think so. I think my favoritist uh, part where Vince Vaughn was acting like a teenage girl was when he was trying to convince, or uh, when she was trying to convince her friends that she's Millie, but inside the killer's body, uh, doing the mascot dance <laughs> where Vince Vaughn shakes his butt. <laughs> it was so good. That's actually made me laugh really loud. And Sarah goes, "What is it funny?" And I was like, "Yeah," because <laughs> she thought I was just watching a regular horror movie. Then she sat down and watched the rest with me. <laughs> I'll say so that when the chase scene happened between Millie and and the butcher, I was like, "Are they seriously about to have this girl do a chase scene in this big ass <laughs> fucking mascot costume?" Like, <laughs> like okay, yeah. Um, I I really like um. There's a few really great standouts, mm. but I really like when uh, when Booker was waking up and like so, uh, he's like he's like. God, he's so gorgeous even when he's asleep. Yeah. And then like and like he wakes up, he's like, Look, I know this is weird, but um I'm in this body and like he just like did it so he he just he really killed it. Like Vince mm-hmm. Vaughn is excellent. He always is excellent. Um and uh I've always liked him since he was in the Lost World Jurassic Park. He played Nick Van Owen in nineteen ninety seven. Um always been a fan since then. But um he did he just did wonderful. Uh, Millie, I cause Millie like the thing is when she became the serial killer like her like this it's like the entire script was just basically and i'm not hating like she did yeah. really well but it was like the entire script was just like look foreboding yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean stare like, menacingly stare menacingly yeah exactly like i mean she said like a grand total of maybe 10 words you know when mm-hmm. she's a serial killer because he's just not a very verbose guy he's jason Voorhees essentially so not a not much of a talker and um so mostly her acting was done with expressions and that expression was mostly foreboding or, <laughs> Oh, Hey, I'm a girl. So I can lure guys into a situation where I kill them because guys for some reason magically think I'm hot, even though they were making fun of me for not being hot a week ago. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's, that was one thing is like, okay, she put on a red leather jacket. Like really is, uh, we're going to go the from red that to that to match. Magic. See, that's that's the deal breaker. The red lipstick. It yeah, is. You'd be it. surprised, that, that, that honestly. It. It's a secret weapon. Mm. Is it? I'll, it I'll is. remember that going forward. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you know, this made me think of. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Okay, you know what it made me think? It made me think of that country song. You know, the ruby red lips, blonde hair, blue eyes. I'm about to kiss my heart goodbye. My parents really liked that song when I was growing up. No, I have um, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's like around the same era as like the like the this is my queen of the double wide trailer and all that good stuff like that kind of. It was the Grundy County auction. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay, dude, rock. I never knew the title. I just knew the. I kind of like if I hear it on the radio, I'm like, oh, I know this song. Oh I've my known god, it since I was a child. Yeah, I don't like country music, so sorry for any country fans out there. Yeah, no, I, I'm just not a fan. I'd be surprised if we had country country music fans listening. We don't sound like we listen to country music. <laughs> I listen to everything if it's good. I yeah. like I actually 
the other day uh not the other day it was like it was like i do that all the time i say the other day but it's like a few <laughs> months ago or whatever but me and tatiana were uh we're driving and uh we were talking about it. We were talking about country music because somebody drove by in a big-ass pickup truck and they were – because we're out in Minnesota, you know, so they're driving a big-ass pickup truck and they got some country song blessing. And Tom's like, I don't get it. I don't get the whole country thing. I was like, look, <laughs> there's one country song you need to hear, okay? There's just one and it's not Johnny Cash or whatever. And she's like, okay. And so I played Beer for My Horses by uh, Toby <laughs> Keith, I think, and Willie Nelson. <laughs> And uh, I love that song. That's, I yeah, I, that's a pretty good. I one. make no apologies for loving beer for my horses. Yeah, that sorry, song that's, is fucking that's awesome. A, that's a good one. <laughs> Against evil forces, you know. And um and so, but Tatiana hated it. She was like, "Devin, this song is fucking terrible." I'm like, "You need to get a new pair of ears, okay? Like this shit's fucking bomb, okay? Willie Nelson's a legend. You shut your mouth when you're talking about Willie Nelson." Um. <laughs> So de- definitely don't hate country like all country music, but mm. I do like I do I do really dislike the country where they're kind of like trying to be edgy or whatever. Like I do I can't like honky tonk badonkadonk and shit like that. Like get the fuck out of here! Like get out of here! Leave the edginess and shit to the rappers, okay? Like get out of here, y'all. Just sing about your truck and your sister or whatever. Um, with that said, all right. So <laughs> sorry about that. Um, any country fans? Um. <laughs> With all due respect to your sisters. Um, so with that said, um, so that's kind of, that's freaky. That's the name of the episode now, with respect to your sister. With, with all due respect to your sisters. Um, so that was freaky. Um, the uh, It was a great movie, man. It was it was excellent. It was 100% excellent. I went into a skeptical, um, mm. not like ultra skeptical, because um, Elizabeth tends to have great taste, but um, just like I just knew nothing about it, had heard nothing about it. Um, really low key. Like I don't even know what year it came out. I don't know. Twenty twenty, so, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, so it's relatively new. Okay. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, go check it out. It's got Vince Vaughn. It's got uh Cameron from Fellas Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's old now. Uh, something that happened when we weren't looking. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also uh, it's got the girl from Detective Pikachu. That's who plays the main character, mm. the reporter girl from mm. Detective Pikachu, which is a lot of fun. I thought she did a great job. I spent the first 10 minutes like, I have seen this person somewhere, and I have no idea where. And I finally Googled it. Uh, I was like, oh, Detective Got it. Um, so uh, that's that's freaky. We are going to be doing a special thing. I want to give a little quick announcement. We're going to be doing a special thing next week. It's going to be recorded. Um, I don't want to give too many details in case something happens and we can't exactly pull it off or something. Mm-hmm. But um, a special little bonus thing that we're trying to put together uh, for you guys. A little bit of extra content for you, so we're working on that. Um, and uh, we uh, we're we're doing good. We're like really proud that like uh, like we're doing good numerically and stuff like that as far as the podcast goes. Uh, Elizabeth's casting here mm-hmm. has been incredibly um, incredibly fortuitous as far as the podcast. Elizabeth also has been kind of um, kind of leading the way as far as our social media goes. So now uh, we have a Facebook group, we have the Instagram shit, we have. If it if it exists, we're we're pretty much on it. So go find us. Just look up Macabre Masters on whatever, and uh, you'll be able to find us. And um, so with that, do you guys have any um, do you guys have any shout outs? Happy birthday to Lance Henriksen, the dad from Pumpkinhead, and he played Bishop in the Alien franchise. He's eighty two today, and like those movies and a whole bunch of others that he was in in our childhood like part of the hellraiser series and a few others like those were were movies that defined a horror generation at least for my generation so i just wanted to say that's cool he's 82 man and happy birthday 
at birth um i don't have any shout outs maybe maybe just watch a whole bunch of horror comedy movies before the the, the horror season you know i mentioned off a few cabin in the woods uh dale and tucker versus the force people uh obviously you better watch scream and then watch this movie i don't know just have a movie <laughs> marathon just take some time for yourself <laughs> take two and days then, off in a row <laughs> and then go read a book um and uh for horror comedy books i would actually suggest the like ultimate one which is john dies at the end i haven't seen the movie but the book <laughs> is just absolutely fabulous so so well done um david wong i think was the writer although he's an alias actually a guy who does writing for like something anyway um so uh yeah, guys, uh, as far as shout-outs for me, do I have any shout-outs? I was just going to say, also, he's too young to listen, but happy ninth birthday to my youngest son, LJ. I wasn't going <laughs> to say it, but if he ever gets old enough to start listening to the cast, then at least he'll know I did it. All right, so uh, LJ, <laughs> happy happy birthday when you're finally 22 and you're old enough to listen to this. Uh, I'll probably be dead by that point, so you're hearing me from the past. Ooh, <laughs> it's a form of immortality. Um, <laughs> True. God, I hope I'm not. That's not that really that far away. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I'm trying to live to, like, 80 or something. At least until I need, like, a colonoscopy or not a colonoscopy. You know, one of those bags they put on you. At that point, I'm checking out. Bag. <laughs> yeah, that, at that point, I'm checking out. I'm I done. I think Peace. the meteor shower okay. tonight's making us spooky parking. at this point. I'm telling you. Um, it's, so as far as shout-outs go, um, I want to uh, give a shout-out to everybody who has one of those bags and continues living. You're stronger than Pope, and uh, I applaud your um, awesomeness. But, uh, guys, the most important shout-out, actually, that we have to give this week is actually Mother's Day is in a few days, and... Uh, you know, for all of our talk about, you know, horror and macabre stuff, you know, one thing we all have in common here at Macabre Masters is we love our moms. And that's just facts. This is how it goes. We really should do the movie Mother. But, um, anyway, mommy Dearest. Point being, uh, mm. Mommy Dearest. Yeah, see, this is a whole <laughs> list. Um, we should have thought about this earlier. Anyway, <laughs> that's okay, though. So, um, yeah, we want to give a shout-out to all the moms out there. Um, what's up? I want to give a shout-out to my mom, um, Sheila, who is awesome. Mom, I, I hope that you have the most beautiful of Mother's Days. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll give a shout-out to uh, my mom. Uh, I got I got my mom, whose name is Beth. She's fantastic. Uh, Five-foot even monster. She's crazy. I love her. I got uh, my mother-in-law, um, Carol. She's fantastic. Uh, and then I've got uh, my stepmom, uh, Nanette, up there with my dad. So shout out to you three. Have a fantastic Mother's Day if you ever listen to this podcast, which I hope you don't. <laughs> um, I'll, well, I'll say happy birthday and Mother's Day to my dad. I wasn't raised with my mom, so my dad, like, double-timed, got, he get his birthday is on May 12th, so he gets to double-time for Mother's Day and his birthday, and then my grandma, may she rest in peace, who put up with all of my horrible teenage shenanigans, happy Mother's Day to her and whatever happy Shangri-La she's chilling in, um, yeah, and to all the other moms and parents and caregivers and people out there who 
um, do the parent thing and get up every day and do the work and show up and, and be there for their kids. Really, it doesn't have to be just moms either. Just if you're a parent out there and you're doing the thing, we love you and think you're amazing. And last but not least, shout out to our resident mother here on the podcast. Uh, our good friend Elizabeth is a is a wonderful mother and tells us about the chillins all the time. <laughs> so uh, happy Mother's Day to you, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Pope. That means a lot to me. Very welcome. All right. Um, so uh, with that, thank you for listening to this episode of Macabre Masters on the movie Freaky. We hope you have an excellent, excellent day. Um, excellent night whenever you're watching this uh, we will be back soon we're getting a better schedule together and it's freaking awesome so you should see more regular stuff and do not forget that we love you um, but with that said uh, guys once again thanks for listening have a good night bye bye bye, bye.